Yeah, because I recorded and wanted to share a little piece, but it's it's funny. Oh, we're recording now. Yeah. <laughs> Are you <laughs> gonna edit any of this or what? Are you gonna edit any of this? We'll see. We'll see. My goal is to just start a little bit more organically. Okay. And as I was telling you the second before I hit record, you're. A, here with me in person in my new house, which yeah. isn't often on the podcast. B, you're like my best bro. Don't have a lot of best homies on the podcast, right? Mm. And C, three, I do that all the time, C and three. <laughs> um, you have already been on the show before, so you're going to be the first person who's been on the show twice. Dos. Dos. Sí. So I felt like I wanted to like, like I told you, I was on that Girl on Girl podcast, this really cool, like, queer podcast. It was so fun to be with them. And they just, the second I was on, they just started talking to me about all these things, kind of just random. And I was like, oh, we're already, the show has begun. Cool. I like this. I didn't feel that pressure of, okay, are you ready? Yeah. We're going to hit record now. Cool. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm ready. Yeah. Rock and roll. So Perry was here last night because we had a party at my house. Did you have a good time? Lovely time. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I love socializing. Yeah. Social butterfly over here. Yeah. I feel, you know, realizing over time more so that I am geared as an extrovert. Mm -hmm. I always thought I was an extrovert introvert. Mm. But I think that I just received so much energy being in an environment mm -hmm. with people mm -hmm. and sharing energy, conversation. Even if it's awkward, you yeah, know, yeah. or cool or smooth or yeah, yeah, all of it is great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think last night was so fun because it was the first time that Bruna and I have ever hosted a party, which is so weird. We've been mm. together almost four years <laughs> and we've had like dinners and stuff, but our old place, we lived there during the whole pandemic and our old place was pretty small. We never really felt inspired to like host a big party there. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we moved in here, like we've been here a week and we're like, we're having a party now. Party time. It was so fun time. to see all my friends together fun. and you hung yeah. out with my mom. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> um, and I'm curious, like I was kind of reflecting on this this morning. So Perry and I went on a retreat in Joshua Tree like two weeks ago, beginning of April. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a weekend of authentic relating. So I'll set the scene a little bit. We're in a little house in Joshua Tree. It's like a three-bedroom house that somehow Perry and I scored the really cool adult bunk bedroom yeah. suite to <laughs> yeah, out of 30 fun. people. I don't know how we did that. Yeah. And so we're staying there like with the facilitators on site. And then the first morning, 30 people show up. And like the youngest ones were like those cute 18-year-olds from LA, that <laughs> couple. Yeah. I loved them. And then um, Richard was 70, the mm -hmm. oldest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then just like all people in between like obviously I didn't know what to expect hey I wasn't expecting 30 people I was not either at all <laughs> that's a big thing. at all yeah yeah we're just and sitting there drinking our coffee watching all these people file in thinking wow yeah. look at all this I was like maybe there will be like five or ten of us that's what I thought because yeah. we scored that room the bunk yeah. bed room I thought there must not be a lot of people coming oh stay blessed because it yeah. had its own bathroom oh. and we could retreat when we wanted to yes. it was really beautiful Which, that was the way to do it being around 30 people all day in that kind of space for me being able to just go into our room mm -hmm. and in the heat being able to go take a shower in the afternoon mm -hmm. I was like 
I didn't get so lucky. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to lay the scene because I haven't really told my audience about the retreat much. Oh. I kind of wanted to save that for a show with you. Cool. Um, which I asked you to do this morning, like five hours ago. So thanks for just being. <laughs> well, I woke down. up around noon, actually. I get your <laughs> so voice this. It was only a couple hours ago. <laughs> yeah, so um, I wanted, and, it, and this is what I was thinking about this morning, like last night. I'm last night we had like plenty of drinks. I'm finding more and more. I I don't even realize I'm not drinking anything and I am just buzzing. Yes. And like last night I was like I don't I feel like I like started drinking my cocktail and then lost it and was just like buzzed mm -hmm. all night mm -hmm. off, you know, pretending to drink. Where's my water? Can I get some water? <laughs> yeah. I love water. <laughs> that makes me high drinking lots of water just knowing yes, I'm yeah. putting this delicious so good yeah the high vibe alkaline water wellness love shout that. out to yeah. water wellness shouts out shouts out <laughs> so yeah oh my gosh i'm like i'm getting so far off track with my question last night at the party did you did you feel any of that authentic relating stuff come up or were you just like being your social butterfly self social butterfly self yeah 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 I i'm just trying that. to i mean the word relate mm -hmm. always comes to mind when it's socializing, finding common ground with someone and then exploring mm -hmm. ideas with them or mm -hmm. asking questions. Yeah. But I've always known how to do this. Mm -hmm. And I learned through the process of teaching yoga and being in that field for 10 years, mm -hmm. being in an environment, teaching five classes a week for that long, yeah. you just get really accustomed to socializing. Mm -hmm. And um, relating more authentically. Listening. Mm -hmm. It's all just about listening. People ask me about me, and I'm like, nothing. What, what about you? <laughs> I can tell you whatever I'm doing. I guarantee you don't want to hear it, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's so funny because that's what draws people to you is that, like, people really like to be listened to. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking about this authentic relating retreat. Like, people either took away how to listen more and hold space or how to share and be more vulnerable. Mm. Like it felt like there was kind of two sides of the coin that we were learning to embody in that training. Yeah. And I wonder like what kind of what you took away from that weekend of 20 hours of authentic yeah. learning, <clears throat> training. It, I believe that we cement ourselves, our perception of ourselves and experience of ourselves through others. So being able to share with people that I didn't know who I believe myself to be mm -hmm. and then have them reflect that or hear that fully mm -hmm. because I'm 28 years old, still pretty young guy, mm -hmm. but I'm starting to feel the jadedness come in a little bit. And mm -hmm. I've always wanted to resist that quality because I see it in older people mm -hmm. uh, getting jaded and because complacent, old. getting older, right? <laughs> because, <clears throat> you know, with all my friends, I technically know all my friends. I technically know what they're doing mm -hmm. or what we're planning or generally what they're feeling based on experience. So it's not even like we ask ourselves that many engaging questions anymore or questions of who we are, or how we've changed over the course of the year. Mm -hmm. Of course, me being me, I'm always trying to stimulate those type of conversations and ideas, mm -hmm. but it just seems that there's just a general frequency, a general energy of very basic, bare bones, relational output mm -hmm. between the group. Mm -hmm. I was at my the bar with my friends, and I'm very good at that very general output of mm -hmm. how we doing, what's going on, you know, mm -hmm. it's very simple. 
but I'm always curious about how are you feeling? How's life? Yeah. At, at a deeper level, you know, but no one gives a shit about talking about that, you know, unless they're in, a, of course, a setting yeah. where they want to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, authentic relating training, mm-hmm. spacious oasis retreat, mm-hmm. creating those settings and environment mm-hmm. because not everyone is ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can be ready, yeah. but the people around you may not be ready at all mm-hmm. to hear that, especially. Yeah. So That's interesting that you bring that up. And I think that for me, if I'm in a social setting, like a, like a party, right? Last night, I was just like, I love just being so open to whatever someone wants to talk to me about, you know? <laughs> just like, whatever is coming out, I'm just like, yeah, cool, let's vibe on this. Yeah. I'm not like, no, I want to get deeper. You know, because oh, we're, at, right. we're at a party. Like, no yeah. one really consented to me to analyze them yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But I do love uh, something that, like, obviously tons of things stood out to me. And Perry and I had a 10-hour drive on the way home to really go over all the details. Oh, yeah. Which we should have just recorded. That would have been great. Oh, my God. Right? In the car? Yeah. We went deep. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, it's so funny when you're in the middle of the desert and you're just in a car with someone that you just you just trust and just... Whatever comes to mind, I'm just I'm just gonna say it out loud to you mm-hmm, and see what mm-hmm, comes from mm-hmm. there. And it was so fun. I'm not here to judge. We're not yeah. in that you know in yeah. that environment. That we space. like we speak the same language a lot, so yeah. it's super easy to just blah. And the thing that I found to be so fascinating about this um, training we were on is the first group that the first quad group we got into. And I think the first exercise we had was going around the circle, kind of rapid fire, saying like. If you really knew me, you would know this. Mm-hmm. And I think I got to share like four of those in my circle. And then after that, it was like, today I'm celebrating this. And we were kind of rapid fire yeah, in a couple of one. minutes, however many people could share. And it was fascinating to me to notice in a room of strangers, the first things that came up for me that I really wanted to be known about me. Mm-hmm. that was really really interesting because none of it had anything to do with like my job or even really like my passions like I think I mentioned like you you know that I love sailboats mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that I love my sisters and what was the other one um you know that I'm a devout Buddhist right that's that's pretty simple but I was like it's so interesting when you're kind of in those situations no one knows you and you're being given the opportunity, A, to show up and completely pretend to be someone else, which obviously nobody had paid to be there that weekend to just fake it. Right, yeah. And B, just be so much of who you are and trust that it's safe and that it's okay. And mm-hmm. to have like these 30 people, because then we'd all group up, you know, and talk to have these 30 people just like really be down to listen to like mm-hmm. what you're about. Mm-hmm. That was fascinating to me. So nourishing. Mm-hmm. That's what I really came away mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. was was just that quality of being heard mm-hmm. and seen, and again, creating more structure in the identity and how I see myself. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I was sharing honestly. Yeah. I think I don't even remember those things. If you knew, if you knew me, you would really know I'm a vulnerable person or mm-hmm. I'm nurturing. I mm-hmm. think that was one of the, one of the words that I used. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think that not everyone has gotten the opportunity to be in a straight, in a room of 30 strangers. Right. I feel like I've done a lot of trainings like that yeah. where I've gotten those chances. And I think, I guess if you're listening, 
give yourself that opportunity because something that I tell my students a lot, especially through the pandemic, a lot of people's confidence levels just plummeted. Really? Oh yeah. And like for me, not walking into a yoga studio and being teacher at the front of the room, you know, seven hours a week. It was so weird. Like not being seen by people. Uh, yeah. I was like, do, does anyone care about me? Am I nice? Do I have any gifts? Do I have anything to offer the world? Oh, like, God. do I have any charm or anything? Yeah, you're speaking and, my language here. <laughs> right? I watch Oh, I know. I get it. I, yeah. I, I feel it. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. And I was telling my students a lot, like, who were, who were really feeling isolated and really, really insecure. Like, I don't know how to connect with people anymore. And I'm like, that's exactly it. When you're not out and about like we were before the pandemic, just... Oh, oh, before the pandemic, we were always out doing things all the time, right? And all the time. All the time. That's what life was. Yeah. Like, Just constantly busying ourselves with shit to do and, and experiences mm-hmm. to be had because deep down we all know that we're going to die and mm-hmm. we just have to make this... We just had to grind through everything. Yeah, we had to make this time count yeah. for what it's worth. Yeah. And what we didn't realize it. is that being in so much community was feeding our confidence in some way. Uh, yeah, 100%. Like, I, even like serving tables, like getting dressed to go serve mm-hmm. tables for tips mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. improved my confidence. So I'm obviously like my biggest remedy these days to like low self-esteem is like go and socialize, be around people that love you, be around people who reflect you. And if you're struggling with that, find a situation where you can be in a conscious setting around people who consciously want to connect with you and get to know you so that we can start. We're in the post-pandemic era now, okay? That's what this home represents to me. So that we can start kind of coming out of that. Agreed. So thank God we made Spacious Oasis. <laughs> thank God. It's it's challenging at times to find those conscious communities. We both live in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And there's ecstatic dance. There's a variety of yoga places. Mm-hmm. But... Even just the quality of being seen, even in a bar setting or something, mm-hmm. yeah. though it may be a little lower on the frequency side, mm-hmm. if you're with your friends, you're still in an environment where you're being seen. I remember even going back to the gym mm-hmm. and then gym etiquette or just this environment where, again, you're being seen by other people and there's this unspoken seeing of everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're doing that exercise or... Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's or a communal this, thing. Yeah. It's a reflective thing. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the watering hole or something is an animal. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. different animals come together to drink from the same hole. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know and where it's going. And they socialize. And they just hang no, out. it's that natural thing. It's the hanging around the campfire yeah. thing, oh, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that's what this house represents for us is like for our friends to really bring people together as often as possible mm. after so much time apart. And obviously that was like our biggest intention in creating Spacious Oasis, especially because in these yoga classes, like, yes, our goal is to strike up conversation with someone afterwards while you're holding your mat and really connect <laughs> with someone. But to be honest, when I go to a yoga class, I'm like, hood on, like focused on my thing, Mm -hmm. like don't want anyone to distract my vibe. Mm -hmm. And so it's really funny because I'm like, I don't, I don't even really connect that way, even though it's connected me with so many people. Mm -hmm. And as I get ready to host my, bring my meditation circle back this Wednesday, I 
I wanted to call it a circle instead of a meditation class because I want it to be known that we're, we're there to connect and talk mm -hmm. and meditate together. Yeah. So if you're in Salt Lake, come because it's a, it's a communal space for all of us to actually connect. I'll be there. And then, yeah, Perry I'll will go. be there. Yeah, it's going to be like our whole Spacious Oasis community yeah, vibe. That'll be fun. And, uh, yeah, Spacious is in a month, Perry. I know, yeah. Less than 30 days. One room left. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting really, really excited, especially because we just got to have this training where we learned so much about how to help people connect. Um, Different exercises mm -hmm. that we can bring into these group settings. Mm -hmm. I feel like last year was really nice, but in a sense it focused on an individual experience, mm -hmm. cultivation of energy, focus, receptivity, all those different qualities. But again, at an individual level, mm -hmm. working yeah. at a solo level, mm -hmm. as opposed to working in group dynamics or partnering up with somebody mm -hmm. or a group of four and working with things, using our words and exchange mm -hmm. of energy to try and elevate ourselves or at least open ourselves up to a new way of being vulnerable mm -hmm. yeah. because it's the vulnerability within ourselves that create accelerated growth. Mm -hmm. It's the conditioning and the cemented quality of perception that stagnates us. Yeah. And when we can be vulnerable, oh God, it's just things start flowing a lot more mm -hmm. because you're letting go of all the energy that you're holding on to. Mm -hmm. um, there was even some moments at the training that we attended where I thought I'd just gotten over that. Mm. Oh, I thought I'd gotten over that. But then speaking about it, I was like, I don't really want to be speaking on this because I'm over it. But then, you know, in, here the, I am talking about in, it. in a sense, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, we had to speak on one for five minutes. Oh, that was right? a real challenge, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So by the minute, I was thinking, great, I'm done speaking. And then our instructor says, four more minutes yeah. or however long. Yeah. And my group members were just saying, okay, give keep me going. more. Yeah. So I had to keep going deeper and unraveling. And at one point it got convoluted, but after the convoluted part opened up something I hadn't thought of mm. or something I hadn't felt in that experience. Yeah. I'm sorry that I can't remember the details of it. Yeah, that's okay. Because hopefully I'm just now over that yeah. situation. Yeah, exactly. There's no more charge. You don't remember. There's no more charge. That's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that is that that practice of speaking for five minutes. Uh, and it was funny because they were like, vent about something. Like, what's your gripe? You know, like what really like something that's re you're really like struggling with or something. Mm -hmm. and, and so it was really funny because for me, I kept trying to make excuses and like not vent and like, but they're doing their best. And like, well, <laughs> and, he, and my partner is looking at me like, no, you're supposed to be like really like letting it out. And yeah. Like, so yeah, and I love I love what you I love everything that you just said because that's exactly what I think about the, our first spacious oasis versus the one we're having in a month. We were so focused on obviously creating an internal experience. That's what we're doing as yoga teachers. Mm -hmm. We're wanting you to have an inner energetic experience while being held in the conscious field of other conscious beings who are wanting to vibrate at that frequency with you. Yes. When we weren't in our workshop or in a class or in a circle up, you know, we were just hanging out by the pool, having dinners together. We were really leaving it up to everybody mm -hmm. to connect with each other. And I mean, people are going to, whether we, whether yeah. we give them assignments or yeah. workshops or not. But, and I, we're not going to make this an authentic relating retreat, 
but we have so much more tools now mm-hmm. to work through a if anything comes up for anyone and b right off the bat to create that connection with everybody because what i noticed at this retreat is there were 30 people there but did i get to have a one-on-one connection with each of them no but once you got partnered with someone or grouped with someone to do a practice you immediately had a deeper connection with them and it was immediately easier to keep connecting with them throughout mm-hmm, the breaks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm excited for our opening circle that we'll have, you know, after dinner when everybody arrives the first night mm-hmm. to kind of break everyone up and, and do a little interrelating so that we can start that first night really feeling connected and have it be less focused on like anything else but like mm-hmm. here's our soul family coming together. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just the people who choose to be in that environment <clears throat> because yes. I think they're choosing the experience. Mm-hmm. You and I were guides. Mm-hmm. We're not a model, mm-hmm. meaning we shouldn't be looked at like a model of how to be mm-hmm. because we're humans. Yeah. And I think that what I'm trying to extract now in my life is that quality of grounded realness of who I am beyond the image that others have projected on me as a yoga teacher Mm -hmm. to be one way or the other. People Mm -hmm. love to put others in boxes. Mm -hmm. Me, I take you at face value for Mm -hmm. what you say to me in the moment. Mm -hmm. I don't construct an image because, number one, that's not yoga. (laughs) Yoga is present moment awareness and trying to cultivate the spontaneity of receiving information as if it's for the first time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. again, there's that jaded and conditioned quality. I thought this, I wrote this down the other day, time conditions. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. So the more time that we have, the more time that we're living, we're becoming more conditioned. Mm-hmm. And of course, yoga is the process of unraveling condition yeah. through physical movements and breath to help unravel the muscles from all the patterns that we're holding on to. Thoughts, emotions, feelings previous experiences, memories, relationships, which I think are the hardest. (laughs) I'm still working on that one right now. Yeah. You know, so Mm -hmm. it's time conditions. Mm -hmm. So how can we decondition ourselves? Because the science is there. I'm seeing a lot of people talk about it. Oh, yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah, it's there. I see a lot of people talk about it, but do they really practice it? No. no. That's my question. And that's the whole point. Yeah. (laughs) You can know intellectually something, Mm -hmm. absorb something. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between intellectually understanding something Mm -hmm. and experientially knowing that thing. And I'm going to be honest, you know, I meditate, I do my yoga, but something that does accelerate that process of deconditioning is taking psychedelics, Mm -hmm. is taking some mushrooms. I'll probably go home and take some mushrooms tonight because I feel (laughs) like I'm in a spot where I haven't for a long time. Mm But I know that if I can sit down with the mushrooms and work my body in a specific way in breath, Mm -hmm. then it'll get me past that cemented ego structure so that I can experience myself from more of a subjective Mm -hmm. point of view. That's really what it does is is it unravels, pulls you out. It disentangles you Mm -hmm. so that you're able to see your experience for the beauty that it is as opposed to the holdups or the Mm -hmm. timing or the Mm non-patience or the expectations that maybe you create for yourself in this time that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, And I love that you've, you've been speaking about this a lot, the ability to live in a paradox. And that's something I've always been a proponent <laughs> of. 
that we all get to be in paradoxes. Yeah. You know, like I think of someone who, that I don't know if you remember that. I got this hater back in, when I was in journalist in journalism. I, I would get haters quite easily. And uh, he he commented on all my pictures of like me like dressed as a Buddhist saying like, Buddhists shouldn't say fuck. Buddhists shouldn't do this. Buddhists shouldn't have like, basically Buddhists shouldn't have opinions is really what he was saying. Cause I wrote God. an opinion piece that really made him mad. And I was just like, oh, interesting. This person thinks that because I am this way, that I have to be what he projects a good Buddhist is. When mm-hmm. in, in fact, this guy has no idea who I am or what it means. And also, you know, we are people and we're living in a modern world. And so we can live with many paradoxes at once. And if you're asking me, the more freedom we have, the more freedom we allow ourselves to be who we are, Mm -hmm. the more paradoxes we live in. Thus, we are deconditioning the ways that we've been conditioned to live by saying, I can be all things at once. I can be all of the me's Mm. that I am, and that's okay. That's, that's, I, I feel like, I, that's just what I was feeling as you were talking about, like this this paradoxical living and this deconditioning. Oh yes, and then you brought it to. Are people actually doing that? No, Perry. I don't know. People are really good. I I also see that the older I get, people are very. They've refined their mask. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I was able to see through everyone's bullshit a lot mm-hmm. more, but. <clears throat> Even my own. Yeah. Right? Of course. We're all full of shit. Yeah. Right? No, we are. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's masks are more cemented, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's harder to see through that. Um, not that I'm trying to on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to get a little bit more of an essence energy out of an energy exchange. Because, again, another thing as I'm getting older is it's becoming way less about words. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming more about energy. What do you feel with this person? Exactly. Yeah. And how much eye contact or what is the body language saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you could be saying one thing and feeling a totally different other thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I I pride myself on telling people how I'm feeling Mm -hmm. in the moment. Mm -hmm. I do not hold on to shit. Mm -hmm. I do not harbor it because I see people do that and I just think, wow, that's poisonous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So being just face value in the moment. Mm -hmm. And some people like it and I'm sure there's others that don't. But it's so hard to be face value in the moment with people these days hmm. is what I'm seeing because like I feel like when someone meets me they have this whole constructed concept around who they think I am and so the way that I show up may all might already confuse them and give them questions because they're like wait I already had all these ideas about who I think you are and now you're not showing up that way and because of social media be- right isn't it funny how I didn't even did I say social media? No, you didn't. It's just very <laughs> exactly because of social media, and I think it's easier to show up as something we're not on social media because when we're when we're meeting someone, and that was a really interesting practice that I I prided myself on being terrible at. They had us partner up and say, "Okay, tell them the first judgments that you made about them," and I was like. I got nothing. I'm looking around the room. I'm like, yeah. What is there to say? Just... I might be judging if I think a girl's gay or not because I can't yeah. help it. Like that's as far as my mind goes. Totally. I might be thinking she looks East Coast. She looks West Coast. Like mm-hmm. 
I was like, get, I don't really do that. Well, I think it's just a part of the practice too. Exactly. It's within I really Buddhist psychology. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm at the bar, and a lot of the conversation revolves around judging other people in the environment. And I always tend to just get really quiet at those times yeah. because what is it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's not really what I'm interested in talking mm-hmm. about other yeah. people. I don't care. What depth Doesn't does matter. this conversation yeah. have on such a surface level? Right. Yeah. And so I think, you know, little authentic relating tip when you meet someone, and this is something that I actually loved, as soon as you judge something about them, just tell them. You know, like I went on that hike with, with David and I was like, David, Israeli? He was like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, David, the first thing I think of, is that judgmental? Not to him because, yeah, he, had, he totally was Israeli. So, you know, I was like, this is fun. I'm just going to like really gently say, and the languaging would be, mm-hmm. meeting you, I'm assuming this about you. Like, is that true? And then you can actually have a deeper conversation with someone right off the bat. Yeah. Then holding your judgments about them in your mind and then asking them like really shallow surface level questions and then feeling bored with the conversation. Mm. Um, But yeah, the embodiment piece is what you're really speaking about. And it's, you know, how many of us are being who we say we are? I don't know who it was. Walt Whitman, Oscar Wilde, whatever. (laughs) I don't know. Sorry, I have the quote somewhere. Yeah. But it's just, so what if I contradict myself? I hold multitudes. Do I contradict myself? Yes, I do. Because Mm -hmm. I hold multitudes, Mm -hmm. right? Environmental adaption. Mm -hmm. I adapt to the environment in whatever space that I'm in. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a hospital setting working with children, which I did for a long time, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be adapting to that environment, nurturing, open, listening, creating space for them. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a bar setting, I'm a little bit like, defensive but open at the same time because I'm not going to take shit from anyone (laughs) but also standing ground again there's other males in the environment Mm -hmm. and I'm just mirroring what I see other you know what I mean I'm just Mm -hmm. mirroring the energy but if Mm -hmm. someone comes up to me open receptive Mm -hmm. guards dropped Mm -hmm. immediately hello yeah yeah oh and I love when you meet someone and you can feel that openness and receptivity Mm. and you can you know and Thinking about how people are wanting to embody something greater. I talk about embodiment a lot in Sanctuary Program because when we get to the solar plexus, we're trying to access our highest self, right? How do you access your highest self? You work on embodying whatever that is. Who do you say you are? Who do you want to be? Who do you wish to be? Okay, start being her now. Like just start being. And it has so much to do with the solar plexus and also the throat chakra being who we say we are, living in integrity with ourselves. But what I find is that when people stay in the same environment, the same job, maybe even same yoga class week after week, you know, same meals every day, it's really hard to feel like you're having a breakthrough in embodying your highest self because you're being your autopilot self even at a cellular level Mm -hmm. i'm reading a book called the biology of belief and that's exactly what it Mm -hmm. says a cell needs a new environment in order to create deeper expansion Mm -hmm. division essentially Mm -hmm. and i see you in this new space Mm -hmm. and you know going to be able to grow and expand at a cellular Mm -hmm. level energetic level physical mental sorry i cut you off no please you know i love how you said um what's it called this the biology of belief yes it's funny because when you said like 
So I got some stuff to work through. I'm going to go probably like use mushrooms and get into my process. Like I know you have your process for doing that. And it's funny because for me, when I notice that, I'm always like, okay, well, what are my beliefs? Mm. Like that's when I'm like trying to, when you were sharing that, that's immediately what I thought is like, oh, I go to, I go to process my beliefs. And that's kind of what you're doing, right? You're programming. You're trying to reprocess, recalibrate some of your programming. Yes. And I'm always going, going back to my beliefs. And again, like if I stayed where I always was, my beliefs would stay in confined in that space. And so choosing this house is expanding my beliefs of like, I can afford way more rent. I can live in this house in Mill Creek. Yep. I can expand uh -huh. myself into this. And it's initiating me on so many levels. And yes. this, I appreciate you bringing that up because this is so much embodiment for me. It would have been way easier to stay where I was. I would have been way more comfortable there. Oh, yeah. Even though I wasn't because mm -hmm. I couldn't, I felt, like I, I felt like I couldn't grow in that space yeah. anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. I had to be here. And I think for people who haven't put themselves in those situations, like the retreat settings is what you need. It's a launching pad. Mm -hmm. and That's how I'm viewing it. From exactly. Even my point of view is, mm -hmm. as a facilitator mm -hmm. is when we arrive and through the whole process and by the end, yeah. it's just going to be a launching pad into what's, you know, going to be an extraordinary mm -hmm. summer. Yeah. It's the best way to start the summer, first yeah. of all. And, you know, I like how you say launching pad because I think of the biggest retreats I've done. You know, when I, when I spent 30 days in Thailand at that retreat with 30 people doing group dynamics every day, mm -hmm. I was like, this, I, I had like put so much money into that month. Like I had invested so much and obviously taken a month off of everything. I was so focused and I was like, this, I'm going to blast off from this experience. And... I did. Like, I left there and I just took off running and very quickly was catapulted to where I am now. And even just the retreat last spring, Spacious Oasis, that was blast off for oh. so many people, including yes. us. Yeah. You know? Including us. It's like, I think what I'm wanting to touch on is that, and this is what I've noticed in all the work that I do, it's not that Perry and I are facilitating anything that, like, changing or crazy if you've never done breath work if you've never done yoga yeah it's totally life-changing <laughs> yep but it what to me it's like it's not anything that we are actively doing it's when a group comes together in this amazing piece of land right by lake powell like the property itself is such a vortex the intentional group like the people who've chosen to come and be a part of this right are so ready for this like they're so ready to create this energetic vortex mm. for all of us and then we're there as guides leading the yoga leading the breath work leading the group dynamics leading the dance party at the pool you know the chef is creating amazing food we're eating together and all that richness is the magic yeah you know that that creates the the lift off the oh my gosh i'm gonna take so much of this into my real life now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so many people that were there with us last year spent the year just living this new life, including myself, little quantum leaped, more awakened life, mm -hmm. all to build up for the next one. You know, so many people are coming Correct. back yes. to do it again. Yeah. And to really like anchor in our community for this space. So mm -hmm. I just. <sighs> I'm looking forward to more socializing, mm -hmm. more group settings. Mm -hmm. Because that is a piece of my heart that has been missing 
for a while because I do the free yoga. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't start until, you know, spring. So the entire winter, you know, I notice that I'm not as socially lubricated. Mm. It's, you know, use it or lose it. Mm -hmm. In a sense, the comfortability of being around people and... Use it or lose it. Use it or lose it, right? I love that. And, um, yeah, post-pandemic. I'm glad that you reminded me of that. It's post-pandemic, there were communities prior to, now there's just going to be, I think, just a different level of community, mm-hmm. and it's going to be important for others just to come together in a more, I don't know, conscientious space. Yeah, more conscious. Just that word is so played out to me, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, conscious. I know. Ooh. I, think I just want to be who I am in the moment. That's it. That's conscious. That's, yeah, yeah, just... Take me for how I am in the moment, whether I'm happy or listening or aggressive. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because it, it's like I'm already looping back to that feeling that like not everyone is embodied, but it's the masks are getting a little stronger. Mm-hmm. They're getting harder to read. And I feel like it's because we have all this new fluttery languaging to use Yeah, and to to talk about how conscious we are and all the things that we're doing and primordial is a word mm. that I really like fun it just strips it down to the fundamental nature of things mm-hmm. getting into your primordial energy of instinct mm-hmm. but of course there's always a balance with instinct mm-hmm. um, rather than living based on mental images and projections that's what we're trying to dissolve here yes Images are good to have, right? They're important. That's how our ego is constructed. That's how we experience reality around us. Mm-hmm. But when you learn to dissolve some of those images, you free yourself energetically from confines or the... Mm-hmm. I don't want to use like a word like a prison or anything, but mm. the, the tangled quality. Yeah. You free yourselves from the entanglement, mm-hmm. from projected image and... When you can see things, you see things just as they are, as opposed to all the bullshit your ego is projecting on. Yeah, yeah, all the stories. Mm -hmm. And I see people's narratives running all the time. People are very expressive and vocal. And I'm here to listen. You know, we are storytellers. That is intrinsically, that is one thing that is so uniquely human is our capacity to Mm storytell. No other animals do that Mm -hmm. with words and language. They can't relate images and symbols and imagination together. Yeah. That's uniquely human. So I embody that. It was funny because there was an era with my practice where I thought, fuck all the images, (laughs) fuck the imagination Mm. and uh, memories. You know, why why remember the past? It's all about the present moment. Then my grandma had got Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's, dementia. And, you know, I'd go and visit her and she'd say, you're handsome. Who are you? Mm. And I thought, wow, memories are important. So it's all, it's just embodying all functions of mind, Mm -hmm. but God, it's hard to balance it all, right? That's, that's the main thing. Why, you know, this requirement to Mm -hmm. balance human life, that's why people get jaded. They don't want to have to deal with the complexity and multiplicity of what it is to be human and to work with our thoughts and imagination and feelings at such a constructive level Mm -hmm. where we are constructing things as opposed to just either being complacent or deconstructing. Yes. <clears throat> well, I love that you're you're touching on the myth. Oh my gosh. 
I just lost my train of thought. Oh, there it is. That was so weird. You're touching on the myth that in order to awaken or walk this path or become conscious or become embodied or whatever you want to call it, that you have to become this balanced person. I really, this concept of balance, Jay Shetty recently said, I'm beginning to wonder if, if there's such a thing as balance. And just hearing that, I thought, wow, that feels really gratifying to hear that. What if this idea of finding balance is just a myth and that we're all just doing our best to like overcome the deep suffering that is being human. <laughs> and that when we put the pressure of like, I have to be balanced, I have to be a yogi and I can never get mad and I can never say fuck and I can, you know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. What if we threw out the quest for balance? This is what I believe. Yeah. Based on many years of experience in this practice. Mm-hmm. Most of the year, I'm building up to a peak experience. And this can last three to four months where I'm on it. So focused, so clear. Energy opportunities are rolling in because I was doing the work the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. The other eight months is that I'm doing the consistent work even when it's hard. Mm-hmm. even when I don't want to mm-hmm. and then sometimes I don't do the work and I'm like whatever I'm just not doing work right now <laughs> yeah right yeah but it I this is this is what it is for me is building up to an experience it's like a, a flower growing out of the earth and then opening up to reveal the beautiful flower yes. petals and then eventually the decay decay occurs and you you know you come off your high Impermanence. and then you start again and then you keep doing the work. And then you bloom again. And then you bloom again, yeah. And it's, it's always within summer, springtime, certainly, mm-hmm. that that okay, flowering right. occurs, obviously, within nature, mm-hmm. uh, but within ourselves as well. And I actually remember mentioning this to one of my neighbors, and he said, oh, wow, you're doing that once a year? You're doing great. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently it takes him a lot longer to do those processes. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm a crazy guy, so mm-hmm. I just do a bunch of psychedelics, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, and you started doing this work at such a young age. Yeah, it does. Whereas a lot of people start yeah. this process maybe once in their life. That's a great point, actually. And then it lasts yeah. like the life. So that's what I love about building this spacious oasis community is that it's not a once in a lifetime experience. It's an annual like self care experience it's Mm -hmm. something that every spring we can look forward to in may after the winter we're all gonna from wherever we are in the u.s wherever we are in the world we're all gonna come back together in the desert for that conscious weekend to get some sun to get some amazing food to be together to reset and kind of get ready because you're right in the summer especially in ayurveda they say that's when there's the most pitta there's Mm. the most fire to transform us yes so if you're wanting to go through a transformation you prepare in the spring so that then you're transforming through the summer. And that's what I love about the timing mm. of our retreat is that we get to plant those seeds, if you will, mm. <laughs> so that we can yeah. bloom, if you will. Um, and I love how you use the word primordial because that's like probably one of the most common words used in any like Buddhist translations. Really? Yeah, primordial. And it's the idea that the essence of who you are is perfect. The Buddha nature. It's perfect as it is. The society that we're in is covering that nature in mud. 
or like you mm. said, unraveling you, wrapping you up, imprisoning you in some way, your soul, the essence of who you truly are. Programming. Mm-hmm. Programming. Through media, mm-hmm. uh, societal norms, expectations. The pink bow the doctor glued to my head when I was born. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all that. And the, the practice of life, you know, in my philosophy is to, to be cleansing that mud, to be clearing that mud, to be transcending the suffering that it's created for us so that we can be more of like the true Buddha nature. But isn't it fun to roll around in the mud and cover yourself in mud? Oh, yeah. Ooh, it's so good for your skin, right? You know. It's good for your growth. Yeah, indulge in in the mud. At times it is. Yeah, it's important. Well, yeah, because so many of my students say, like, well, how do I deal with, like, when I have a bad day or when I'm, like, experiencing deep pain? It's like, oh, that's when when you're in that aliveness. Yeah. Like, I let, like, roll in the mud. Like, oh, my God, I'm suffering so much. Yeah. Like, experience it. Lean in. Let Yes, let it move through you instead of being, like, so many of us, like, start feeling badly, and then I feel badly that I feel badly. And then I'm like, you shouldn't feel badly, you piece of shit, and then I feel worse, <laughs> you know? We all Classic. do this on some level. Oh, yeah. Or, like, I fucked up, I did something wrong. God, you always fuck, you know? Like, you, sure. you, you go deeper and deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When instead... Oh, I'm suffering. Wow. I'm really sad. Maybe I need to go cry. Maybe I need to listen to a sad song. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love music for that reason. Right? Music is the best way to move energy that's coming yeah. up. Yeah. Movement with music and breath. Very mm-hmm. important. I think we talked about this uh, maybe last week or the week before, but mm-hmm. the bad days are becoming shorter and shorter. When I was younger, <laughs> when I was younger... Again, still pretty young. I don't know. I don't want anyone to be like, eh, you know, you're still young. <laughs> yeah. Because I'll get that from older people. Oh, you say you're old? No, you're not. You're still have some time. When you time. were younger, what do you mean, like teen years? Um, even in the early twenties, or yeah. even in the early twenties, a bad day would be a whole day, and maybe even bleed into the next day. But now, if I have a bad day, it's only about probably half the day, and then I think, okay, well, I still have some shit to do, so. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah go on a walk or figure something out and get it going and do what I need to do because I know it's just at the level of my thoughts Mm -hmm. and if the philosophy of Buddhism or yoga teaches us anything Mm -hmm. it's that thoughts are transient and they don't have an enduring core Mm -hmm. and we give them an enduring core the more we indulge them and cement them energetically in our system Mm -hmm. But if we can see them as transient appearances in consciousness, mm-hmm. then they'll just flow. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I look back. I'll see photos. I'll remember experiences and cringe. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Ugh. Energy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But as far as it is, I'm just here. And I know that maybe in five years, I'll look back to where I am now mm-hmm. and think, ooh, God, <laughs> cringe. You know? Oh, I think yeah. if, if you don't, then wow, there's... Maybe something wrong with you or some serious oh, narcissism. We look back on ourselves lovingly with compassion. I know. Harry. Sorry, Jane. I'm a little <laughs> bit more of cynical than you are, I, I know, think, just I as, at, a, at a fundamental level of a little it. more. <laughs> no, it's, you, have a, you, have a, you have a different self-awareness, and I think that it's great. And I, I completely agree with everything that you're saying. And I've gotten the question recently, like, um, 
So after you like started meditating, did you just like awaken and stop having bad days? <laughs> I'm like, totally. Oh yeah. No more bad days. <laughs> but the, what you said is so true. Like my bad days used to be so bad and they would be all day. Maybe the next day. Maybe I would just blow off the week. Oh yeah. You know? Like I would, and I would just give up so quickly, so quickly in the day. I would just call it. Today sucks. It's over. Go lay in bed, watch Netflix, yep. skip class, cancel everything. This was so me, early 20s. And now if I'm having, I don't say I'm having a bad day. It's like, oh, I'm experiencing a moment of like really uncomfortable emotions. And if it's that yes. heavy that I'm afraid that it's going to ruin my day, I'll be like, Jane, you got till noon. Okay? Mm. Cry it out, whatever. Go on a walk, listen to music, watch TV, zone out, scroll through TikTok, whatever you need to do. At noon, you're going to take a shower, you're going to clean up, you're going to have lunch, you're going to try something else. Mm -hmm. And I always tell myself, and then if after you've done all those things and you still feel like shit, just accept it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's never, like my lows like stop here, you know, whereas my lows used to like always get down to here. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm showing for those who can't see like. She, they get it. You, you down, eventually, down, you, you down. eventually like don't have the tolerance to let yourself get that low, like you just can't. At least that's where I'm at. Totally. And you still have to live your life. The world does not stop for your heartbreak mm -hmm. or suffering, mm -hmm. because everyone goes through it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, everyone goes through it. Yeah. Everyone, in case you're listening, you're gonna get your heart ripped out multiple times in this life. So let's just be prepared for it. And love fearlessly. Damaged goods. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, but I want to, well, I don't want to switch gears, but um, it's so funny. I was like, Perry, let's just make like a 30, 40 minute podcast. I'm like, oh my God, we're coming on the hour so quickly. Oh, we, yeah, we're in an hour. Yeah, almost. I like talking in this setting. I don't have an opportunity to do it as much anymore. Talk about these concepts. No one, no one, no one gives a shit about talking about this stuff, and I, I feed off of it. I love it. I love to go deep. It, it wakes it up for me. Mm -hmm. It reminds me mm. of all the experiential things that I've gone through, or the intellectual mm -hmm. absorption. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're friends. Yeah, that's why we're friends because you can read all the books on yoga, but if you can't apply it to your life, or even have a discussion about it, it's just knowledge. It's not wisdom. So yeah, what is knowledge so if it isn't shared? Yeah, exactly. I try and kind of pull at some of my friends who I know are reading spiritual books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what are you reading about? And they just, what yeah. do you mean for this book? Yeah, I'm like, well, I want to hear about it. Mm -hmm. But then you know, I remember I used to be the guy. So oh, I'm reading this book. This is what it's about. Blah blah blah. And you know, over time, I think people were just like, yeah, we get it, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think people need time to integrate those things and give themselves the chance to integrate, give themselves the time to integrate, give themselves the guides, the teachers, the community. And the other thing that came to mind is anyone who's listening, because there will be people listening, mm -hmm. that are enjoying what Perry has to say, just go find him. His Instagram is at Perry Lane, P-E-R-R-Y-L-A-Y-N-E, and send him a message telling him that you're enjoying this. Because I like to think if anyone's still listening, they're enjoying it. Yeah, of course. And that's the thing. Like, I love talking to you. If they like listening to me, I'm going to assume that they're going to enjoy hearing what you have to say. 
And so not only that, if you're enjoying what Perry and I have to say, we do have a room left. One room. At the retreat. Mm-hmm. And you can have it yourself. You could bring a buddy. Um, if you feel like you're meant to be a part of this community where like everyone's already, you know, it's like, who's that last puzzle piece? You know, who's that last soul that's meant to fill the last, the Mm -hmm. last space Mm -hmm. in the house. So if you're listening and you feel like it's you just get in touch with us so that we can get it it taken care of. It's done. One room left. It's done. We'll make it happen. So just let us know. I'll put the link to like the website for the retreat if you kind of want to look more about it in the show notes. Um, Perry, is there anything you want to like say about it to anyone who's listening? Oh, the retreat? Yeah. Goodness. Again, I just take it at face value with present experience. You know, mm-hmm. we've done the work over the course of the year. I've studied up. I've done practices. I'm creating different strategic techniques. That sounded a lot. <laughs> That sounded like a lot, but it's really simple. Yeah. I just, what am I going to bring into the retreat? Mm-hmm. What is the offering here? How can people take that, form it, use it, express it, generate more with it? Mm-hmm. But what I, the word that keeps coming to mind is synergy, mm-hmm. synergistic quality of experience with others. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Come and find out. There's really, you know, it's just going to be... like, if you feel called, then yeah. you're meant to. So. Yeah. We could sit here and tell you every part of the itinerary and all of the things and the menu and all of that, and none of that matters. It's like, yeah. if you feel like you're meant to be here with us in that space, you'll be there. And the whole weekend is not only all-inclusive, but all-optional. Yes. It's all for you to literally go through the whole weekend thinking to yourself, what feels best to me in this moment? My whole thing is... Why not? Go do that. Why yeah. not? Yeah. yeah. Like, with our retreat, why not? Let's mm-hmm. go hang out with 30 other people and talk about our emotions and feelings and beliefs. There might be, and that's the thing, if you're feeling the call, it's because there's something for you here. There's something that's going to happen, something that's going to transpire, somebody that you're going to meet or an experience mm-hmm. you're going to have during breath work or when we're walking in the desert that's going to shift something for you. It's going to change something for you. And that's how we start embodying the higher self or whatever it is you want to embody, the Buddha nature, the primordial essence of who we are. And we have to give ourselves these opportunities to have that experience because, like I said, if you're in the same place every single day, same thing, you're not getting that magic that's going to help shift something. Ooh, magic. Yeah. It's magic. Oh, wow. We haven't even talked about it's, magic. It's, it's, the whole thing is going to be magic. Yeah, Just exactly. Just walking into that door is going to be a whole That's pretty much what people, energy. they'll say, oh, you retreat. And I say, it's going to be magic. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what are you excited? No, it's magic. Just the magic. What do you mean? Magic. I don't know. What do you, mm-hmm. It's just going to be magical time, magic experience. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. We're just going to be breathing. We're going to be in the sunshine. We're going to yeah. have beautiful desert views. We're going to have the amazing people around. The amazing food. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Okay, my man. Are well, we done? Yeah. Anything else you got going on? Anything else that you want to share with me or the audience? Uh, love you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Love you. Hopefully people like it. Yeah. Here we are. And if you're in Salt Lake, come hang out with us at my Wednesday meditation class. Mm-hmm. And also come hang out with us at Spacious Oasis. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom. Okay. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>